Hey everyone, welcome to Processing Severance, the after show podcast brought to you by the Hollywood Critics Association. Thank you guys for following us. Thank you for um, subscribing to our channel and being a part of this discussion. I can't believe that we're already on episode eight. No, no, no. I need to be on episode nine. <laughs> I mean, this really went by. I need to be on season two. Yes. I'll take that I, one too. I'll people take that have one some too. mixed views about that, by the way. Well, I'm your host, Rasha Goel, and I am joined today by Rick Hong. As they say, my friends, the hour is yours. And Jeff Ewing. Like Irving, I see a red door and I want to paint it black. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, before we get started, just a reminder that if you want to submit any questions or just your feedback, you can email us at shows at HollywoodCriticsAssociation.com. And again, we also have the comment section where we do post our videos on our Hollywood Critics Association YouTube. So you can join us there. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We are everywhere. So make sure you connect with us and check out all our other shows too. Now, before we dive deep, into episode eight, I did want to acknowledge an email and a comment. So uh, email shout out to Derek Anderson. So Derek says, great podcast, guys. Thank you for that, Derek. And I really enjoy each podcast breakdown. I would like to comment from what Mike D wrote in. And I believe that's from the last discussion that we had. Mike D of the Beastie Remember Boys, Mike? man. Yes. I love it. That stayed in my head forever, Rick. Okay. So from what I have gathered, Severance has been original in thought this entire time. Nothing has been pulled from other shows. Homecoming from Amazon Prime is exactly what Mark... I think Mike D is theorizing severance to be. I'm not sure yet what exactly Lumen's purpose is, but I keep thinking that the baby goats are an experiment to naturally create a living being that is born with a severed mind. That came to my mind too. That's really interesting because, yeah, we still really haven't gotten a breakdown of what's happening with these goats. We saw them once, we were introduced to them, Mm -hmm. but they were not brought back. So that's something that we can talk about later. Also from KM, who commented on our YouTube. Thanks so much for following us. Uh, KM says, Heli is definitely a Lumen supporter. Something that we had also talked about on our previous shows. And I know Jeff's really feeling that one. And may even be an Egan herself. I think she joined the program because Severance is getting a lot of bad publicity. And she did it as a sacrifice to prove to the public that it is safe. Now, if Egan, if an Egan is willing to do it, that's also making a statement to the public. It also explains why Milchek says they are so excited and grateful to Heli for doing this and why she is so determined to stay there. So, great insight there, too. I mean, I think we had all discussed that this may no, be a we possibility. Did. Like, we we, we talked know. about it in episode perpetuity when, when they went there. You know, Jeff, you talked about it, mm-hmm. how Heli kind of had this, like, weird kind of just, like, long, or, like, the, the, the directing. I think at that point, I think it was still, it was Ben Stiller, I think. Right. You know, where there was a kind of like this, like, long gaze at one of the founders yeah, as they were going through the It was the when room. they were doing, switching speeches to the 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 female CEO from the Egan line, and then they cut immediately uh, to a scene with Heli. And when they did that, uh, it also passed by some I- imagery where the implication in that moment kind of pointed to to Heli having some connection to the Egan family. You know, I think that would be good 
for the viewers and for everybody, maybe they should just go back and watch Perpetuity and then come back and watch our Perpetuity. Yeah, and then no, watch like, them all. I think that's, watch that's, them all, that's, that's what I should think. happen. And then watch, watch Severance watch in Perpetuity. Yes. <laughs> in a loop. <laughs> I mean, because hey, Perpetuity, even in this episode, you know, it's 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 there again. So, all right. All right. Let's, let's do it, Rasha. episode eight, because <laughs> this episode I thought was very thought-provoking. This is the episode where... They're going for it, guys. Like, the team has come together. They are ready. The plan is happening. Um, you know, I think their nerves are boiling, but still, like, they're ready to do this. They, they want to figure this out. Did that stand out? I mean, obviously, that stood out to you guys, I'm assuming. But, like, mm -hmm. what from that theme stood out for you? Uh, I love that they are very much in their uh, Ocean's Eleven phase from moment one. You know, where Helly's on the clock trying to get everybody at a point where they can hit, um, we'll get to it. But the uh, they have a very particular goal in mind that Helly has to be done with and they have to be, you know, meet their quota for. Uh, and so everybody is on board. She's racing against the clock. It really starts things off in that uh, their group plan moment. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because I'm watching because like, okay, because you see her and I was looking at the clock because because obviously she's on some sort of clock. So I was like, mm -hmm. dude, is it the end of the day? You know, is it like, is it getting towards like five o'clock at the end of the day? And that's when you have to hit your goal. But it was like 1140 in the morning. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, that's right. So I don't know if maybe noon, you know, by noon or what she yeah. had is, is that what she had to hit to get that goal or whatever. But I thought 1140 was a little random, but agreed. Like, yeah, they're, mm -hmm. they're in it, you know, like they're, they've, they've got it. Like that's kind of the start of there's there's something deeper in this episode of where they're going to team up and what we want is mm -hmm. you know for them to break free and what i love too about the episode was uh we get a little insight into irv's um audi right mm -hmm. we see irv um, at, at his home and the yep. painting and it was so interesting to see those paintings too the colors of the black and the gray and the replica of the same painting yep. and just but just him and his dog. And I, I felt like we were really starting to learn a little bit more about who this person is. We didn't get too much into it, but I definitely got that feel of, okay, he is, he's artistic. Um, mm -hmm. But there's something dark to that art as well. You go and then I'll go. I was going to say that uh, I, I watched that scene many times because I, you know, I, I've been saying this early on. I was interested in getting more uh, Irving time, getting more information. So I, I was really fascinated and one, love his taste in music. He only paints to the, the Ace of Spades. Spades. <laughs> and I was like, Irving, my man. Yeah. Dig it. Yeah. Uh, it's quality track. And then uh, it also kind of makes sense of the oozing blackness that keeps coming. because and, and the thing that and why his fingers thing. were dirty. Yes. Yes. Yep. So it's all kind of coming together in this episode, right? We're seeing the correlation slowly starting to develop between the innies and the outies. Mm -hmm. Rick, you were going to say something. No, for me, it was interesting how they opened it up. What I was, I was like literally like, I think I was just so invested in just like them, like wanting them to team up mm -hmm. and get to the room and do everything. How they, like how Ben opened up and it's on Irv and he's outside. Yeah. He's yeah. outside with the dog. And you know, and like, you know, we see him, we've seen him throughout this uh, season, how he's like able to like recite these passages and everything else. So I looked, I paused. He's reading Marcus Aurelius's The Emperor's Handbook. I have no idea what that book is about, but it explains like the type of guy, like, like you were saying, our 
narcissistic. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, explains the type of guy that he is and like why, you know, like passages and everything else, like the art within Lumen and there's like doing the, like reading the passages and everything. It like gives us a better idea uh, right for now, a little it's bit true. more, yes. but we right. still don't know Irv yet. You know. But it seems like too, based on that, I kept thinking, you know, he is a deep thinker. Like you, now we're starting, we're seeing the the passages that he reads and and the mm-hmm. art he creates. And again, just going back to what you were saying, just noticing him at Lumen when he observes things, like he really deeply observes mm-hmm. them. He doesn't just take a look, but you see he really gets captured into what he's looking at. There's some deep thought process yep. happening. It's like a person when they go to a gallery or a museum that sits there and like looks. Analyzes. At the, yeah, like me, I'm just kind of like, all right, cool. I look at the placard and then I kind of keep going. I'm like, you know, I'm looking for like the one thing that I really, really want to see. But yeah, the, like but you said, the deep thinker that just sits there and like really just looks at. Right. Well, the thing that's interesting too is because Marcus Aurelius was, you know, a, a Roman emperor that wrote all these notes to himself. Uh, that's what the the meditations are, right? It was him journaling to himself about Stoicism, right? The the, the philosophy uh, that focuses on, um, you know, how to live in the world where you don't really have any control over your circumstances, right? So. Uh, their whole philosophy is basically, um, it's way more complex than this. I know I'm simplifying. But uh, in essence, it's saying that like, okay, well, you either have control over your circumstances or you don't. And if you do, then you don't need to worry about it because you can just change it. And if you don't, worrying doesn't help you. Uh, so it focuses on you trying to look at your life rationally, change what you can and be realistic about the rest. So it's interesting for his character, I think. He's okay. So remember how like Mark, the Audi Mark S is like in that weird neighborhood. This time around, uh, this it shows like Leonora Lake, and that's where Irv is. But he's kind of like in another type of weird setup, like these like like it looks like look like apartment buildings or something. Mm-hmm. And then he goes inside, and his kitchen looks kind of similar to. Probably because it's the same production. I thought it was some type of a home, to be honest with you. I was yeah, trying to figure but, it out. But that's but that's what I'm saying though. It's it's kind of like is that another lumen housing that mm. Irv stays at, like we we suspect Mark S does. Yeah. So, but just yeah, but in diff, but in a whole different. And at this stage, we have no idea who Irv's neighbors are. <laughs> no, no, we don't. Um, or if he gets checkups. Although I feel like Mark gets highly specialized treatment in that regard. Uh, <laughs> yes. Very off the books. Okay, let's talk about checkups and wellness checks. Um, Mark gets sent in for a wellness check by Ms. Cobell, <laughs> as usual. Why do you care what happens to me? time we see miss casey and him having this conversation about her getting fired and it's so interesting because you see this concern from him he's constantly like just he's very concerned he's not even listening to what she's saying and then she's telling him about what his any is i'm sorry what his audi is like so very interesting and then of course you know we find out that miss casey's now being fired there's a new mm-hmm. wellness um coach coming in a new wellness director coming in and um 
yeah, so it's and then she gets taken to another testing. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, she's like, I, I don't know. I just feel like she's a rat as part of an experiment. Yeah. We had seen this reference a few another sh- at another show too, where Miss Cobell just is using her as an experiment. I well, feel there's a lot of revealing things in their conversation. You mm-hmm. know, like she says, um, the eight hours that I was awake. You know, watching, yeah. you know, hanging out with you guys or over like looking over at Heli Art. She's like, I know I'm strange, but she's like, but she was like saying, you know, it's like, but it's the most enjoyment I've had. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, dude, that's sad. Yeah. But there, I was just going to add, there is something going on because we know after that, and we're, I mean, feel free to add to Jeff, but like, I feel that um, you see Milchek and Miss Covell talking, right? And he talks about, oh, the chip is working. And yet she still mm-hmm. sends her down for testing. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's just to add to what you're saying is that there's something happening there mm-hmm. within that system. Maybe hers is different in the process of being severed. Yeah. I don't know. And it's the opposite of what we normally see where we see if they're going down a dark room, everything lights up. Or they're in a lit room. Whereas for her... Pure darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's dark. And, you know, and then you see the... I mean, granted, this also... Jeff, you go, because I, I think you're going to expand on what I'm talking about. But just the darkness... Yeah, what, what, what's interesting is that I noticed that uh, there's one real quick uh, frame in the, the Irving paintings. Because first, like, what the hell is he doing? And he's painting a long, dark hallway that ends in a dark elevator with an upside-down red it's light. going down. And it's the testing center that he's painting obsessively. Yes. So then yes. that means that possibly, that, you know, we don't know, but, like, then has Irv gone down there as well? Because if he's able to keep painting this thing and i just want to give a shout out to ben stiller too because like the one point when he's painting the cool thing is like they reverse the shot and so you see the little square get smaller and smaller with the paint mm-hmm. like yes. i thought that was really cool that, so, that was anyways. really yeah. well and that's the thing too then because then you find I, i'm just questioning too are there moments where he is out of that audi any movement you know like is it where maybe you know i'm gonna drug wears off like is there something happening with the chip too that's kind of messing him up in this yeah I, I feel like it because clearly his any experience is bleeding into his Audi, at least subconscious, that mm-hmm. he's obsessively painting this testing area. And but then his Audi is and also obsessing oil. into his his any with the the, the ooze. With those, Absolutely. Yeah. And so th- there's some uh, that the dividing line between the two is permeable for Irv. And I don't know if it's the product of the testing or that's why they're testing him, but. Um, maybe part of it has to do with, cause you know, I've been talking, uh, I've been kind of like loosely theorizing that emotion and some of these non-rational parts of the self are maybe part of the reason why these innies and outies are converging for some characters. But I also think maybe because he's so creative, creativity is also not a rational part of the brain. It doesn't come from a rational place. So maybe they can't totally sever that. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. That's interesting. Uh, speaking of Miss Cobell, she gets fired in this episode. <laughs> Whoa. Didn't see that coming. And in that scene, too, with Natalie, we actually hear a voice. And coming the speaker box. From the speaker box. Like, <laughs> yes. Whoa, who is this? Um, oh, but, you know, I loved the way Pat- Patricia Arquette just plays that. Like, you feel her intensity mm-hmm. of frustration. She is about to kill somebody. And then just her interaction with, I love how Milchek's got her box. And he's just like, 
it's been a pleasure. You know, like he's just ready to get rid of her at the end. Everything's in her box. Yeah. But I very, this is a pivotal turning point, I think, in this episode that's setting us up for season two. Because now we're going to see the trajectory in her life and Mm -hmm. what this uh, does to her. Because it, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it, it correlates. It goes into the scene of where we see her going home and acting very rash and just destroying things that are related to Lumen Industries. Yeah. And, and her drive home was awesome. That was such a good performance. Oh, uh, she was swearing like Samuel L. Jackson and a sailor merged, and I was very impressed. I think I think someone said that what Jonah Hill actually tops Samuel L. Jackson in, in the F words, like in a movie or something like that. But she in like that scene, she's got she's got some good uh colorful language. I also what I also liked about the firing is some I guess not a you know just the fact that like the board is also saying you know and you've gone more rogue by visiting Mark's Mm -hmm. sister you know like we you know like they knew about you know her being next door and everything else too but like we never really sure like how much the board and everything else about her being the doing going that going even farther by being the nanny and even for them they're like that's crossing a line it's not so much that like yeah that she I mean you know like not letting them know about the suit, like the heli are attempt suicide. But the fact that like, dude, you're also doing this and that's not part of your job or a protocol or what we're trying to do here at Lumen. Because originally I thought that maybe that was, they were, they were kind of intersected. Mm -hmm. So I think it it was neat for me to see that at this point that, Oh, whoa, they're not, that's her just taking her own agenda. Cause at one point I thought maybe it is, even though we had seen with, um, was it Grainer? No, what was his name? Grainer. Grainer. Remember, he was even surprised when she was in mm-hmm. that nursing um, outfit. He's like, where are you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you yeah. doing? Um, but yeah, just to add to yeah. what you were saying. No, totally. Because, I mean, the thing is, everybody even uh, among the antagonists are all running their own little games. You have, like, Milchek that's running his little art intervention with with Irving, always an art connection. Uh then you have her doing things that he's surprised by and the board doesn't know about. And getting in infested with the sister was the most shocking to me because that's extremely invasive. Mm-hmm. You know, like holding the baby when, let's be honest, chamomile tea or no, uh, she should not be anywhere near a human child. She should not be near humans. Yeah. <laughs> that worries me with her with her cult involvement. Mark. <laughs> what were some other things that stood out to you both in this episode that you think are going to kind of set precedent for season two for us? Well, you know, you were talking about the directing, you know, with like stiller directing, but like how about them? How about, um, you know, Mark and Helly, you know, like we're, we're seeing that connection Mm-hmm. more between and then like and then the mood lighting the yeah. mood lighting as they're giving oh, like the great. they're giving like the egg the egg party yeah <laughs> and then, so, wasn't it the bomb. waffle party well no no well no uh dylan gets waffle early, but, the they're, but they're giving the, they're, they're giving they're yeah, giving the, the egg like the, the, yeah the for egg, hitting for hitting the, the egg bar social the egg, yeah yes. egg bar social exactly yes. but like in Covered that as- yeah you're you're yeah but you're yeah we saw like the lighting was wonderful it kind of set that scene is so set apart from the rest of the scenes and i feel like it, it's a very important scene actually yeah. no and then no and the, the interruption you, you see like the mood lighting and then the interruption as milchek obviously like off screen gets the news about mm-hmm. harmony being fired so he clicks the light on 
And you know, it's, so it's almost kind of like if you're like a, I guess if you're a youth or whatever, it's like, you know, you're, you know, you're with, you know, you're, you're with the person on a date, you know, and it's like maybe the TV's on, but the lights are off and you get a little closer Kids and this today. and that. And all of a sudden the adult comes in and turns the light on. Like I always said, these guys, they're children, you know, the waffle party, the egg bar social, you know, well, they're children. They don't even get alcohol. They're always monitored. It's true. Well, hey, look, we finally see what happens if you leave them to their own devices. They're biting. They're they're having little schmooziness. Uh, in all seriousness, no. In seriousness, I love how they filmed that scene because you know when you have you you establish the egg bar social, and then you have uh, Mark sit down with Helly, and they kind of start to flirt. A little obviously, and at first it's just cleverly shot with them through that. That it was a mirror, right? Uh, yes. Off to the side. I really love the the shot choice in that. It's very clever. And then you know you have like the kind of romantic pink lighting for a minute until it's interrupted. Uh, it was really uh, it was lovely. It, it was really smart way to film that initial like breaking the the professional barriers. I guess you could say. No, and we're at a one eighty. Because, you know, for the first couple episodes, she's like, I loathe you. Right. You know, I hate you. Mm-hmm. I don't like you. Completely. And now it's, and it's a romantic yeah. interest, possibly. Mm-hmm. She kisses him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. And that I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to see. I mean, like, that's very much like in a movie, you know, it's just like, just, it's, it's like, uh, for good luck, you know, let me just mm-hmm. give you a kiss for good luck or whatever. So like, that was, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, you're throwing some like movie stuff in this yeah. awesome TV But I was series. like, what's going to happen to the innies? I mean, the Audis, like, once they figure this out, you know, what is going to happen on that in that other once world the, for them? Once the once Indies figure this out. Yes. I love it. Uh, <laughs> well, because they're about to put their, their, as they know what their lives in Dylan's hands, you know? Uh, right, they've left it to him to Dylan. be the, the okay, yeah, yeah, you're the guy that's going to handle everything here, and then we're going to exactly. go out and... You're the sac- or I mean, he's willing to sacrifice himself. He's kind yeah. of the guy. He's, he's like, risking be, a lot, yeah. you know? Um, but he has, he has a lot of confidence in himself to do it, so we'll see if... But the truth is, the way I look at... But, like, if, if there's one thing that we know about Dylan, he's not really, like, a sacrifice-type guy. He's actually very selfish because he wants them waffles. Mm-hmm. But he wants them waffles. That, <laughs> but that's why it's so interesting to see, right? I mean, even they have that whole discussion with them, and he's still at that... was like, no, I'm going to do it. I mean, Hallie and him even talk about it. It's like, if it's going to be anyone, it should be me. And so... It just, you do wonder, like, why is he willing to sacrifice at this point? Yeah, but he also looks at himself like, I can put everything, all the pieces together faster yeah. with, like, all the different instructions yeah, and stuff. So let me do this. Yeah, let me, let me do this, you know, so that you guys can go do it. You know, and the truth is, it's like, he probably wasn't, no, he probably doesn't really, like, care about that brat kid of his. He's like, dude, no. He's like, I was, like no, no, no. He wanted yeah. waffle party forever. I think, yeah, he wanted the waffle party. He wants to believe that he's this bachelor, even if he says he's over Miss Casey and still just wants to be friends with her, you know? Right. So, like, he wants to, like, hold on to that. I'm still a bachelor type dude and get all these ladies versus, oh, no, I'm in an unhappy marriage with a wife. <laughs> I have domestic responsibilities. <laughs> <Yeah>. Why? <laughs> Jeff, what other scenes stood out to you in this episode? Uh, the waffle party. That's, uh, I've been saying the entire time it's a cult. And it turns out it's a way kinkier and creepier cult than even I thought. And you know what? I love surprises. Well, the masks are like, it was interesting because, you know, we had this, like, Rosh and I had this conversation a little bit. But, like, the masks, I think, are very relative towards that first painting that Irv and Bert are talking about with all mm-hmm. the people in it. And like, I think that's what the masks are for each of those, but I don't know how the connection is made. <laughs> sure, yeah. Sure, I was just sure, trying sure. to figure out like who the characters are. In, in the actual are, waffle party aspect the, of it. It's got kind of like a little 
erotic sense to it too uh-huh. in a way it's eyes wide shut yes. right yes. right so but i will say like from the dance point like i i enjoyed the choreography looking at it from an artistic point of view like again the way that that scene is shot and, and the way it's lit um and then you have these different these four moving pieces and how everything is so perfectly choreographed where you're trying to figure out what are each of these characters representing um also the use of color for each of those characters mm-hmm. too i mean i think even while i'm talking to you right now like what's standing out for me is when they're all done and the four of them come into this final position and they're posed and i guess that's the dancer in me but um i just kept staring at that i'm like Oh my God! What does this mean? Well, and we're not sure too that was the final position because they stopped they, when when they noticed that Dylan went rogue. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that. I love he's like taking off. Yeah, he's like later, like just sitting there with True. the waffles. And uh, I, I thought it was interesting too. So you have the the four heads that they have. First, you put on an Egan head, and then they also showed to kind of reinforce the weird kinkiness of it all. Uh, they had like a quick scene of like that cat of nine tails with like virtues written on the ends of it, you know, which uh, super creepy. Um, and so he's sitting there with that big old Egan head. I presume it's an Egan head. Why right. Be an Egan head. And then they have a jester mask, a sort of surprised looking bride mask, an old woman mask. And uh, there's a fourth one. Um, a ram. Yes. Uh, and and the ram is a, a guy, and it's interesting because rams are often associated with occult imagery, and then um, both the uh, and there it's and it's a skull too, right? Uh, I think it's just a ram. Was it a ram? I felt like it had a skull feel to it. All the problem is, is that all those masks are creepy. So it's yeah. really One, hard to actually just, just to pull it out creepy. and say, like you were saying, like you were just kind of like, Nothing I was think pleasant. that it was an Egan? Because like clearly like the... Yeah, we don't have real context other than it's nightmare fuel. So... I, I, you know, as the story develops too, we see um, Mark then visiting now Mrs. Selving. Which is funny because that's when she's like having her meltdown and she's crying and everything. Right. And I was like, knock, knock. And she's like, eh? As Miss Cor- She just like that scene where she's like, eh? You know, it just totally changes the tone of the scene. Just and you like, start bust out laughing. I'm just, you have hilarious. to ask her. Yeah, it's just like, just like one of those things. It's like, wow, that's a good choice. It's, it's hilarious. But but I love her choice too there and where she's like, at first she's like, no, 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 I'm not going to go. And then all of a sudden you see her deciding to go. And she's like, I can take my own car. And if I want to scream or whatever. She, I forgot the comment she made. But again. If she gets scared. This, she mentioned that. Yes, or something. But again, it, it had like this slight comedic touch to it, right? Yep. It's like the, the seriousness of it is covered by the slight. But she does it so, so well. So they end up going to the party. A brother-in-law is just so wacky to me. Um, <laughs> with, yes. Yep. With him and Mark. I'm just like. Does he even know what he's saying half the times? But again, it, it's got that, you know, they've got that relationship. It's bull and lies. Yes. <laughs> I think the most important thing in this scene is the conversation between Mark and Mrs. Selvig. And how she is delighted to hear when Mark says, I might be quitting Lumen. Mm-hmm. Such a pivotal turning point when that happens. Mm-hmm. What do you think is running through her mind at that point? It's at that point. I could, for me, when I was watching, it's one of two things. You know, it's it's very much of just like like it's just like the one thing of like, dude, they just screwed me over. So good for mm-hmm. you, yep. good for you. 
you know, so like that's kind of that's the way that I look at look at like her kind of just taking that in. Yeah, and I also think it's interesting because uh, I, I I still don't know why Mark is so important to them, but I really still feel that he is because he he's put next to the boss. She personally checks in on him regularly, and everybody else might be getting check ins too. But I, I feel like it's because she's so pivotal to the story so far. Her being connected to him in that way and ob- observing him so personally is is means he's probably important for some reason. A- and it's and his wife, rated, right? Professionally and personally yes, with him. Exactly. And and also it's his um his spouse that is taken for whatever reasons um and made a very special type of any, like an any only any, maybe. Uh like it's thawed out every now and then. But <laughs> Uh, so I, I think that whatever his importance for, for Lumen is, she hates them now and, uh, she's really, really excited to see their, whatever their plans are be ruined. Yep. And especially having Mark on her side. I mean, that's like a trump card for her, right? Um, so she kind of gets to use him in a way Mm -hmm. that we don't, I mean, I, of course I think she's very manipulative. Oh, yeah. um, and she's always she's just about herself. Exactly, she's but always right. It's That's yep, about uh-huh. her at the end of the There's day. There's no generosity. No, she doesn't really from care Harmony about her. Nobody exists no. except for as they're useful to her or not. Yes, exactly. Everyone's a pawn piece for her. Um, and I think the biggest turning point in this um, episode too is, of course, we see Dylan and the switches. You know, being pushed, <laughs> and you're just like, "Whoa, it's happening!" And I can't wait to watch episode nine. Well, there's some cool things in that because as he's looking at the board and going through all the stuff, and like one of the things, and I guess you know, who knows what these other things mean? Because like you know, we found about the overtime contingency, and that's what he's looking for. So he's switching mm-hmm. down. But I paused and I looked at the other stuff, and we've got beehive, goldfish, lullaby, and open house. And I'm like, "What the hell are those things?" You know, like we, because we, we, we saw in that control room that there's other people besides Names, just, you know, right? we, we saw that aspect of it. But now it's like, you know, so then we, we were told about this overtime contingency. But now I see all these other stuff and I'm like, wait, what are all those other things? Like, what, what can those buttons do, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you get it to that level? So here's a hint, folks at home bad things, very, very bad things. You don't want them to do whatever those things do. No. But again, Looking at the way that scene was shot, too, I loved how the the adrenaline is built up, right? There's these tight shots that are done on these different key points that are building up to what Dylan is about to do. And um, I, I love I, I love the cinematography of it all. Like, I just love how that entire scene is a buildup, and then it leaves you hanging. Mm-hmm. And he's reaching, and he's reaching, and you think, is he going to be able to reach that second lever? And I think, I think yes, because he's awesome. So he's going to do it. Uh, otherwise, it'd be very uneventful. But yeah, I know, right? You build it up and like, oh, yeah. yeah, you build it up and then we get into episode nine. And he's like, he's like, like I guess. The season do it. finale. And it's like and they're the, all just. The camera pulls back and he's literally like a foot and a half from it, nowhere yeah. even close. Or he's falling on the floor or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think that for this particular episode, like I said, there were a lot of different things hap- that happened. Um, it was very thought provoking, made me really think even more about each character. Um, and where they came from and where they were going. And um, as I get close to wrapping this up with you guys, is there anything that maybe I missed? Or again, um, as we go into episode nine, that stood out to both of you. I mean, there's two things where it's just like with Irv to kind of like finish him out for this episode. Because, you know, because like, you know, we, we kind of did like the whole like kiss 
between Helly and Mark. And then Dylan's right. He's off to the waffle party and in, 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 into the control room. Mm-hmm. And then, but with Irv, like the kind of like one of the last things we see with him is, yeah, again, he's reading that creed mm-hmm. or whatever, but then he's got the hard boiled egg and then he just, yeah, it's just like, it's like his own version of like, you know, to you guys, whatever. Yeah. I'm yes. done. Like I'm ready. He's done for, with this place. Yeah, I'm ready. It's like it's like Dylan's on his mission. Herb is like, I'm making my stand now. Helly and Mark got their connection or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then one more interesting thing is, is just when, you know, Dylan's turned the switches, we get little flashes, uh, not of Mark because we know where he and Dylan are and what they've been doing. But it has a really quick flash of Irv and he's um, just doing his thing when he's doing the beginning of the episode. And then Helly's interesting to me, though, because in the brief snippet we get of her Audi life, she's at a party toasting with a fancy champagne flute. And uh, probably, my guess is, because she's totally connected to the Egans and is doing some fancy Audi privileged thing, and they are going to have a really, really bad party. And wasn't that the party that... Miss Cobell was supposed to go to because well they were doing the, they were getting ready as we saw, as we saw Mark right. leaving we saw mm-hmm. them laying down the carpet for the gala and that was the gala that she was supposed to be at Miss mm-hmm. Cobell but mm-hmm. that's another thing she you know she was pissed that she wasn't going to be able to go to that mm-hmm. and discuss discuss it there they were um, building that up was yeah listen we are so excited because we are going to be doing a special bonus episode so make sure that you check that episode out because we are going to have an interview with patricia arquette uh this is a big deal big deal that she's coming on so we're so excited also in that show we are going to be previewing the season finale plus we're going to rank the top nine burning questions that you all have and we have about this show processing severance so thank you again for joining us on the after show podcast brought to you by the hollywood critics association and again keep your comments coming on our youtube page also you can still email us at shows at hollywoodcriticsassociation.com make sure you put processing severance in the subject so we know that it's for our show because we have multiple shows so once again thank you for joining us we've got one more episode left so uh, make sure you come back with our special bonus episode we want to have all of you there have a great week